this month, Rivers of Nihil will release their new album, The Work, via Metal Blade Records. In arguably a very dense, heavy collection, Rivers of Nihil have forged further into new territory, delivering an album that is as cerebral as it is visceral, and that covers a staggering sonic range, definitively placing them in a category of their own. Fans can also catch the band on the road with The Black Dahlia Murder, After the Burial, Carnifex, and Undeath all month long in North America. Purchase your copy of The Work and check tour dates now at metalblade.com slash Rivers of Nihil. Make sure you're picking up the new record from Rivers of Nihil, The Work. Once again, metalblade.com slash Rivers of Nihil. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, 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 friends out there. It is I, your host, Petter Speich. I am always joined by... You could call me Brandon Hahn because that's my name. And you could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And... Jocelyn Sharp. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N. Go to JocelynSharp.com for all of the stuff I'm doing. I'm doing so many things. Absolutely. And make sure you're following our other co-hosts, guys. That's Sylvia Alvarado at It's the Sylvia on Twitter and Instagram. If you guys want to follow me, I am at our other podcast handle. That is at Rise to Offend on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, back on the show, one of my favorite bands, favorite artists, Scott Lucas from none other than Local H. Um, we are here to talk about their new album, The Awesome Quarantine Mixtape, number three. It's coming out October 8th, guys, but we're also here to promote one of our favorite albums of last year, and that is Lifers. Made our best of list last year, and they are currently on tour right here in North America doing the Lifers Retour. Make sure you go to localh.com, check tour dates, do not miss them on this tour, and do not miss out on that record. But before we jump into my chat with Scott, let's talk a little bit about the Metal Sucks news. Tell me who's an idiot Tell me how to feel It's the news Make me feel great Make me feel hate Feel my own agenda It's the news Like your new gods All right, guys First news story I want to talk about David Lee Roth Announced this last week, a residency here in our hometown of Las Vegas, Nevada. And I was like, all right, right on. David Lee Roth, another residency. He's done a few out here, so it's always great to have him back. But recently, yesterday, I believe it was, he announced his retirement from music after these shows. Now, <sighs> thoughts. Brandon, you go first. Well, when Motley Crue doesn't want you on your tour, or actually, was it he? He didn't said, want to open for Motley Crue. He didn't want to open for Motley Crue, but come on, Dave. Okay, I don't know what that. But point he wants is. to Jocelyn, open. He wants to open for Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, look. He's coming to perform next to a buffet. He's so much better than Motley Crue. It's good that he's giving us the old farewell tour. I guess. No, it's, it's not. It's, Nobody it's, wants it's to see it. It's not a tour. It. It yeah. shows. It's okay. Well, they're fine. The farewell short. The farewell shows. It's. Uh, this feels like a grandpa putting on his old sailor uniform and being like, "Remember when I was in the navy? <laughs> I got like, this tattoo yeah. in Thailand." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you guys are dicks. <laughs> I'm excited to see him on this. Oh, last are you? I am. Oh, yes. are you? Do, do I have the expectations that it will be better than, say, uh, Don Dawkins, Stephen Percy, or Vince Neil? Yes. 
Do I think it's going to be much better? No, but who cares? We're going to see some Van Halen songs with the guy that sang them. We're going to see some of the hits. Or you're David going to Lee- see him breathing, breathing heavily into a microphone Look, while the track is... He's going to dance around and hear- make his moves. I saw. Exactly. We get to hear that backing track. Oh, <laughs> let it rip, Dave. First off, I don't... I don't. He probably does use a backing track, but every time I've seen him, legitimately, he has not used a backing track, and he just skips Needed lyrics. a backing track? He, skips he just skips lyrics. He's like... Okay, da, da, da. okay well, well, you want to like, have go that Go ahead, Ann, and he just points the <laughs> mic to the audience. You finish it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Are you, are you kidding me? He, he doesn't sing Panama. He points it out, but we sing it for him. <laughs> you guys would prefer just real quick because you brought up backing tracks. You would prefer backing tracked Motley Crue shit than someone up there tr- without them. What would you prefer? Go, Brandon. Okay, I don't have a preference. Well, preference. I well, have a preference. I okay. I want to laugh at Motley Crue, so no backing track. But if I'm watching David Lee Roth, though, I don't want to laugh at Dave. Like the David Lee Roth Van Hera era changed music. It changed metal. It changed rock and roll. And just watching him go up there and he can't do, he can't come close to doing what he used to do. It's not like Rob Helford when he kind of changed things around. He's like, look, I know I'm not who I used to be, but I could still come to the table and be somewhat responsible with my voice and still entertain. And it's like, Dave... Which is kind of like, yeah, whatever. I'll just yeah, that, that's, but what you're talking about is someone who's doing something creatively because they, they say, they're saying, I still have something in me to give, right? Versus this, which is just like a money grab. But you're me. talking about a showman and David Lee Roth to a, uh, I mean, a legitimately one of the greatest voices in our genre, Rob Halford. I, do, I understand both bands are, you know, popular on, on, well, obviously Van Halen's much more popular, but you know what I'm saying? I understand the, the, the echelon that they're, they're both on that Mount Rushmore for people. But David Lee Roth is a showman. He's a showman. That's all he was. His voice He's was never... He's a show old man now. Yeah, now he is. Yeah. But his voice was never like on par with Rob Halford on any level. You agree with that, right? I agree with so that. So that, that, that comparison... But there was... Dude, that early works. Van Halen, though, I mean, he was hitting some crazy high notes. And now it's like he can't hit any okay, note. Okay, first of all, the key, uh, the key of every Van Halen song is Stepdad. That's the key it's written in. It's not even a note. It's like... <laughs> There's no, there's no vocal prowess. I do, I do feel like you're you're not giving uh, Rob, Michael Michael Anthony the backing singing vo- credit that he deserves on Janie's crying. Okay, <laughs> I think you're giving David Lee yeah. Roth these high note credits. I don't know if they're there. No, and hot for teacher. I don't remember these high notes that you're talking about. I can go back and you're listen. To, are you serious? You're talking about when he's yelling. He's not singing. He's what yelling. High notes? Listen to running with the devil. Those notes he's he's hitting. yelling. I and mean, he's just he's not that making is any words. Michael Anthony in the background. And and he's yelling and he's yelling and he is yelling over it. I I know this is a weird conversation to have, but no, I I, he's not a high. Well, I know that, but he used to be able to hit it, and he used to make it sound fun. Now he's like, it's like again, he he, his voice is like so low and weak now. It's nowhere close to what it used to be. I I agree, but again, he's a showman. He's going to come out there. We're going to see David Lee Roth do. He's going to do some roundhouse kicks. Break a hip. Look, dude, he's he's still entertaining. (laughs) I'll tell you right now, but uh, this is it for him, guys. So have you guys got to see Van Halen with David Lee Roth or David Lee Roth ever? No, I've never seen it. I'm 33 years old. What are you talking about? Okay, well, Van Halen (laughs) reunited in 2012. That's when I saw him with David Lee. That's the only time I ever saw him with Van Halen was in like 2012. And it wasn't good then. It wasn't great. Uh, vocally wise, but it was phenomenal. Because it's Van Van Halen Halen wise. (laughs) Like Eddie Van Halen 
completely for like, sure i can understand that it's me, probably you know, a party I'm, but you know. at the same time i'm not going to pay las vegas residency prices to see you know a man roll up his balls into a pair of leopard skin tight spandex you shit talkers you little see, no, fucking I, shit no, no. talkers Jocelyn, <laughs> Jocelyn just hates old people i hate old uh, people i swear to god it people. sounds like you're very you're you're very ageist i'm yeah. not ageist she i'm just that, honest yeah. you're oh, gonna yeah. say he doesn't have saggy balls Key are you saying he's not old Key are you saying stepdad? he's not tired i i i'm i'm saying it is key of stepdad do you know anyone who loves van halen more than stepdads i know plenty of young people that love van halen who name one uh eduardo Eduardo who? Well, he's my buddy. I work with. Oh wow! First but he's off. got a Van Halen. Ta- he's got a Van Halen tattoo, and it's twenty-seven years old. I had no idea this was going to lead into an argument. Yeah. <laughs> How did this news story? I'm sad David Lee Roth is retiring, but I'm happy because I know it's time, right? And yes. we'll segue into the next uh, story, guys, because Ozzy Osbourne does have a new album coming out. If you guys haven't heard, he had surgery. We we didn't talk about it a few weeks ago. Obviously, we're wishing the best. His No More Tours 2 tour was canceled before the pandemic multiple times because obviously he wasn't doing well health-wise. No More Tours 2. I mean, that right there is a precursor (laughs) of things to come. It feels like I still know what you did last summer. It's like, what are you doing? This isn't even grammatically correct. (laughs) His new album will include guest appearances by guitar players like Jeff Beck, Eric Clapton, Tony Iommi, Zach Wilde. It's going to be great. He's got the musicians I think he did the last record with, so I think Chad from the Chili Peppers is on it. So obviously the studio album is going to come out and and be pretty awesome, but let's talk about Ozzy Osbourne touring-wise. Do you not feel he's in the same boat as David Lee Roth? I got to be honest, I blew my old jokes a little too early in this episode. Yeah, you you got nothing else. (laughs) Oof, you, you did balls, sack, <laughs> and yeah. socks. You did stepdad music. I did them all. Yeah. Here's the thing. Except for Ozzy's not stepdad music. And this is the thing with... Uh, with Interesting. With, this is the thing with, with Ozzy, though. Ozzy used to be a showman. Now it's like he could do a show for maybe 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I could. I, David Lee Roth is going to be able to at least to you know, run back and forth on the stage for 45 minutes. He's going to be able to at least entertain. Well, that's what I mean about David Lee Roth. He's like Anthony Kiedis. He, he's out of breath all the time. But he's always moving. But uh, but so it's like he's doing. <laughs> you something. have the weirdest standard for a good I performance. Yeah, yeah, I do. I don't he care. doesn't <laughs> stop moving. You guys, Dude, it's brilliant. It's, Look, he's an amazing frontman, <laughs> even though he can't it. talk. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. sing a note. Yeah. but he has restless leg syndrome. Hey, Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> okay, this guy knows how to Roger Rabbit. The guy. last time I think we saw them live, uh, I, I, it was the Black Sabbath, the End Tour. Sounded amazing. Right. Didn't move an inch. Sounded amazing, though. Right. I just can't imagine how he could handle a tour after his health being so well, low for so long. I think that's where we're at. Is like, what do you guys, do you think he's he's done with touring, even though the announcement hasn't made? Or do you uh, think he should be? When Sharon dies, he'll be done with yeah. touring. Okay. And that means, and I think she's going to die after him. So I think she's just still going to put him out there with some Weekend at Bernie's type stuff. I mean, it, to <laughs> weekend me. Weekend at Bernie's <laughs> type stuff. Like he's gonna be on a bunch of strings. Yeah, yeah. He'll be like, I got Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman just hanging out. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, or part three? Like, yeah, it'll be yeah. Vladimir Lenin. You know, but my my thing is, is uh, that's the thing with Ozzy. It's just like, you know, we we know the history of him and Sharon, and I almost feel like she's kind of doing this out of spite now. Like, get out there and make me some money, fuckface. I is that wrong? It's a horrible I Sharon Osbourne impression. Uh, first off, I think your impression was wrong. <laughs> Second off. I don't know if that's true. You sounded like Jake the Snake. What are you talking about? Let me let me just. Here comes Damien. I I know I know you don't like Sharon Osbourne clearly in your statement, but it's not that I don't like Sharon Osbourne. Wouldn't you think, as Ozzy, if you were like this guy that this is your life, you would push yourself to keep going, not someone else? 
I feel like he wants to keep going. I'm sure he, okay. That's so hard again, because we just keep seeing these reports that he's just, he's not getting there. Older he's, and he's not, not there. there. You know, like he probably, he doesn't want shit. He's not there. Yeah. You know? he, he probably still thinks. I don't know. I think, I think that like, old, old, like an old dog. That's like, I can still pack a fucking arena. I'm packing an arena. Ozzy in his head is still getting. Like Angus is still wearing a goddamn schoolboy outfit in ACDC. And he's, he's not talking about retiring at all, dude. You right. Know? I'm right. just saying it's like he, cause he can pack an arena. I'm sure if he was at a bar, but I don't even think Ozzy thinks it's 2021. I still think no. he thinks it's like 1983. He like thinks he's they're getting still ready. filming the Osbournes for MTV. Yeah. <laughs> he still think he's still getting ready for the new episode of Dallas to come on TV. I had no idea the cynicism I was going to get out of you two motherfuckers today. Really? I mean, come on. Really? Have you is seen this your Ozzy? first episode of Metal Sucks? Have you seen him recently? Well, I mean, we're talking about legends, and you guys are just ripping them down. We're not. To, it, it's the, just too because yes, they probably shouldn't be doing what they're doing now. Yeah, and that's it, the problem. And, for, and we are fucking traumatized from seeing Danzig not at his best. I think. Oh, I think we're wow. fucking traumatized. Because it ruins something. It's I would much rather them retire while they're still the best version of themselves. Like Slayer. If yes. I, if, if I was if I was in either one of their shoes, I would obviously be aware that hey, I can't pull this off, and then I would take my health in consideration. And be like, look, obviously that's important, but I would keep going until it was like absolute like booze and all that stuff. Because I feel like. You're never going to get that, though. No. I know. That's what I'm saying. So why would I ever turn down the audience? Like, I don't know, man. Like, for me, I, I get your guys' points. I, I would This not... is coming from a guy who's never performed in front of no, an audience, an audience okay, okay. before in no, his no, life. No, no, yeah. no. I, I got you. Well, that's not true. But we, what? Can, we can talk about What that. did you perform in front of an audience? I've done theater. I've done lots oh, of things. Oh, theater. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so sorry. I've done films. I've seen my movie on the big screen and people have booed. <laughs> oh man. So maybe that's not an audience, but I was in the audience. Whatever. My point is, I'm sorry for booing. Actually, that seems to worse to have to like experience your oh, own it was rejection. Great, afterwards I had to do Q and A's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was one of the questions? Did oh man, you're, you? we're going back. Yes, to please. I want to hear. Oh, I, I don't remember, give a shit dude. about Ozzy anymore. I, <laughs> I need to know what these yeah. people. Yeah. Asked the questions you. were like, "Hey, so what oh, was no, going no, through your off. mind when you thought that was what, good?" Hey, um, no, actually, the questions were all nice at the Q and A. Okay, but during the sitting, people were, you know, when people laugh when they're not supposed to, and then they boo, and you're like. This isn't good. And yeah. then you got to finish your part where you go out there with the director and you're like, I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's oh, like when it's, oh, it happens that. to us. We bomb yeah. and then the producer makes us get on stage with the other comics and take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. And you just see, you know who killed and who did it in that picture. You're just like, whoa. But I'm taking that rope burn around Gucci's neck. I'm taking it from perspective as like, I don't know how old uh, these guys were when they started performing. Let's just say 18. Let's just go with 20, whatever you want. And that's all you've done your whole life. And you've been extremely successful, right? That perspective, which none of us have, okay, uh, as far as stadiums and stuff like that, that would be something like the Rolling Stones. I feel like I, if I was on that, how like they're close to their 80s, you know, Charlie Watt, rest in peace, just passed away. My point is, is that like, that's the mentality I feel like I would have. Well, even our small perspective, I understand what you mean, because like, nothing could keep me away from chasing another great set. Like nothing yeah. could keep me away from going back on stage and having that great moment. So I can now imagine if you had arenas out there across the world, if there's electricity in the country, you got an arena out there. It doesn't matter the name of the country or where you're at. Imagine being that and then saying, fucking I'm done. I just guess my point is, Ozzy's is, got that. Uh, yeah, but 
when you're constant when you're when you have a guitar solo and a drum solo that's playing longer than the amount of time you've spent on stage. Bro, Zach Wilde's guitar solos are sick. They're like 17 minutes worth now. It. Yes. But they're so worth it. And guess what? Just, they're, just gonna so be, you know. they're gonna be 25 minutes. Yeah. That's coming fine. up. You yeah, know? that's fine. But but the what last I'm saying one I saw is, is like, he did he did the intro to Perry Mason. Remember? It I was amazing. It. Yeah. yeah. I go think ahead. for I think it's hard not to feel like it's to Brandon's point, I think it's hard not to feel like it's not this is a grand term for it, like elder abuse. You know what I mean? Like it feels like at some point, you know, but somebody needs to like step in and be like, there's no eh. more rock stars. These but are my, it. You're right. So it's like, they're a dying breed. It's like, dude, Ozzy, you keep going until you're until whenever I'm fine with it. Cause there will never be another Ozzy Osbourne. There will never be another you Roger Waters. There will never doing. be another Mick Jagger because you know, Unfortunately, like the generations have not built the scene. Do you know what old like people love doing? Driving. Should we let all of them drive if they can't see? Bro, if I old, mean, it's if like, an old person hit me and they were driving, I would be like, it's cool, man. Let's get our insurances and move on. I respect that. I'm not saying you beat the shit out of them. I'm not going to get mad. It, yes. Yeah, but the difference but. between that situation and the other situation is you don't have to sit through 90 minutes. Of them hitting you with their car. We saw right. we saw Lemmy on I I don't know if it was his last tour, but he wasn't doing well. Right? Yeah. It was it was like Lemmy and it was he wasn't doing well at all. Valiant Thor, I think, was with him. Yeah, I can't remember. It was like Misfits. We've seen Motorhead so many times. I'm so confused. But we saw him with Misfits. We saw him with before Danzig obviously was in there. And and Valiant Thor. I can't remember the last tour, but he wasn't doing well. But that's what he wanted to do. And I mean, I, I remember being like, this is heartbreaking a little I, bit, but the other part of me was like, you know what, man, do you it, know what do it, it is, till it's, do it till it's, it's over, man. And I'll, I'll buy the ticket. I'll I take just the think ride. it was, a di- I just think that's such you know? a different uh, way to look at things because Lemmy and Ozzy are two totally different entities, you know? So and Lemmy was always on the road and Ozzy would space out these tours like b- by a very long margin. So, um, and I don't know, man. It's I, I agree with. I'm not saying that I disagree with what no, you're saying. No, I totally Pete, agree. Because it's like, believe me, anywhere Ozzy goes, it's going to fill up, and especially. But and we keep waiting for this to be the last tour, and he's already said, and we're on now. We're on no more tours two. No, no, it's, there's no tour dates uh, mentioned. They just mentioned the new album, right? Yeah. So no, there hasn't been any rescheduled tour dates for no more tours two, to my knowledge. Okay, but what I'm saying is, though, is if there's going to be a new album, you know, there's going to be a new tour. I think if there's going to be a tour, it's got to be like a minimum of 10, 12 dates and that's it. And yeah. then, and then maybe give it like two weeks in between shows. I like that. I, I want him to Ramstein it. Just be like, Hey, we're going to do like six shows across the world. You come to me. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. good with that. I'm good with well, that. And I think that that's fine because I, I just can't let it go though. I think because I did grow up watching the Osbournes, he was so poor health then like to fast forward to now to think about him doing an arena tour just makes me kind of sad. I didn't watch the Osbournes. I'm just being honest. Yeah, I never watched his never health watched was, it, I mean, his, I remember people like making fun of him because he was, you know, not he, in great shape. Yeah. Like, yeah he yeah. couldn't, he couldn't put sentences together. That he was 20 he, years ago. He, How long ago? Was 20 that? years ago. Was 20 years he ago. rarely knew where he was. He couldn't like it. So to think of him, now it just I think that's the part that I struggle with. But he's had handlers his whole life. I'm sure he's still like infantile, you know, kind of like an infant. For sure, you, you're probably right. He probably has anything. a little bit of arrested development yeah, going yeah, on yeah, where yeah, he yeah. is a so, little bit I mean, like a kid he's who always just always been yeah. a rock, like God icon, you know. So I, I you know what? And you I, may have a point. The minute he retires, maybe the minute he finally goes to the grave, you dude, may be right. Uh, that could be my one father of always keeping him alive. I my mean, father always said, "Life is movement. You keep moving. When you stop, you're gonna die away slowly because you just got to keep moving. That's life, you know." And, yeah. I, and I stand by that. I'm like, "Yep, I just want to keep moving. I don't care when I'm 
look, obviously I want to have money to be able to retire and not do anything and kind of dictate what I want to do, but I'll find a record store in some city that I can, I can work at if I'm 80, <laughs> you know, like I want to at least have spoken like a man who doesn't have to wear a leg brace every day. <laughs> spoken like a man who thinks he's going to have record stores around when he's 80. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> That is wishful thinking, buddy. You heard, you, you're, now your cynicism yeah, now, is making yeah, you cry. Like, oh, man. And, yeah, right? and by the way, if there are record stores when you're 80, they're not going to be asking for Van Halen. They're going to be asking you for Billie Eilish. Yeah. I'm yeah. fine with that. Like, I don't give a fuck if they like the music I like. I just want to see people get happy getting that music, man. Isn't no. that why we do the fucking show? Look at you. No. We don't get to no. see people I get the I do this show for the millions of dollars. I, 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 yeah, that's it. So it's like, I'm just all about... Fuck that. art. I don't personally... <laughs> let, me tell you something. let me tell you something. I'm a complete sellout. I, yeah. I want to make a bet. I know I'm 41 right now and you're 42. When I'm 80, that there's still record stores. Okay. I want to make a bet right here. I, I will so be the mediator for that bet now? since 20, I'm, I'm 20, 10 years younger than you guys. I'll be around long. 2061, there will be record stores. I guarantee I'm sure you. there's, look, there's still one blockbuster so out there. Don't you know what kill I mean? my sure. dreams. I'm talking about in, in uh, everywhere. Well, look, how many, look at Barnes and Noble. How many bookstores do we have? They're still out there. I would like to, I know, but there's like one per city when they used to be on every block. Oh, I'm not talking about, I'm not going to say there's going to be warehouses when did Barnes and Noble. When were Barnes and Nobles on every block? They're not CVSs. Calm I mean, down. Look, there was like one in every city. I love it every now and right. then I had to go. He, he doesn't want to take this bet. No. No, he doesn't. I'll take okay. the bet. Okay, let's, a 40, let's, okay, let's bet fine. your retirement. Against my retirement. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> First of all. First off, I don't have a wife. You know I me. Mean? You got two retirements going. I have nothing. I can't just say, yeah, that's it. You know? all, right, all right, all right. Yeah, you can live off her. All right. Let's, and you have kids that'll take care yeah, of you. Yeah, exactly. What I got t- dogs. Their lifespan, I got maybe, what, six years with these guys left? Brandon's probably going to end up living in my basement. No shit. <laughs> Let's bet. Being a cam boy. If, there, if there's, oh, an 80-year-old you cam You would be boy. a cam man. I'd be a cam man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not elder abuse about, there. All right, how many Jesus. fingers today, kids? No, I need rent, Pete. I yeah. got you. Oh. <laughs> how, many fi- bad. how many fingers today, kids? All right, get those, get those uh, Bitcoin donations. How many fingers he's putting in his asshole? Yeah, come on, buddy. Get God, into the game. Jesus. Mm. What, you were born yesterday? Yeah. I don't want to segue to the interview off. Yeah, is it? <laughs> I'm not going to do that. All right. Say something real Say some. Bring something up real quick. We'll talk 10 seconds about it and then go. I feel that we will bet. The loser of this bet, if there's a record store in Las Vegas, how's that? I'm making it in a city. Is okay. that fair? Okay, good. In 2060, you have to take me to whatever baseball game I want to go to. Perfect. And vice versa. Okay. But it's baseball, because I don't think baseball is going to be around in 2060. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I but love it. you know what will be? Time machines. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you... Exactly. Yep. We'll, go see, we'll go see Mickey Mantle. Brandon will max out his credit card yeah. on a time vacation. We'll go, we'll go back to the wrong time, and we'll see Ty Cobb unleash a <laughs> bunch of slurs and go, okay. You get to go watch Sammy Sosa full of steroids. I love it. All right. Black Sammy. Now. <laughs> He's white now. He is white now. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Sammy he, Sosa? He Michael Jackson. I yeah. haven't seen Sammy oh, Sosa. Oh, we'll weird. Google it afterwards. Yeah. He, I thought it, it was Cuban. No, he is. Okay, well then, uh, now you guys No, 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 but listen. No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, His yeah, skin yeah. color changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to Google this after. Yes. You are gonna, this is the perfect you're gonna time. You're going to shit your pants. <laughs> this is the perfect time to segue into the interview. Segway. <laughs> when we're talking about the skin color of Sammy Sosa <laughs> and the game we're going to go to in 2060, guys. Fucking A. Let's jump into my interview with one of my favorite artists, guys, Scott Lucas, Local H, right now. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I have Scott Lucas from Local H. We are here to celebrate. 
the new album, Awesome Quarantine Mixtape. It's number three in, in the series, man. So, Scott, let's, let's go back a year if we can, because you, sure. you guys have done uh, a lot in the last year, despite not being able to tour. Uh, one of the first bands that I saw do any kind of live stream you did on Facebook Live, uh, playing uh, PJ Souls in its entirety. Tell me about um, you guys embracing that as soon as you knew that the road was stopped. Yeah, I don't think I embraced it right away. I, I think I saw, uh, the first person I saw it too, I think it was Melissa Etheridge. Hmm. I think she was the first person I saw do one. And I was kind of like, well, Melissa Etheridge did one, so why should we do one? That was my thinking. And then I think one day I was just, you know, drunk and bored, and we did, like, Don't Fear the Reaper, I think was the first one. And from that, it just became something to do. And, you know, we had, like, the record Lifers was coming out, and we decided to do a um, a record release party. And that was, like, the first big full band one that we did. Now, one of the cool things that happened, and Lifers was one of our favorite records of last year. Congratulations on, on that record um, uh, in our top 10 for sure. And um, one of the, the cool things that I, I did want to bring up is that you did let us fans pick the album that you were going to play in its entirety, if I'm not mistaken, right. on the Facebook thing. Right. Was there an album you were hoping people would pick that you can play in its entirety? Um, I don't know. I mean, PJ Souls is probably my favorite. So... We were pretty psyched to play that. And I was also surprised to see that that did so well. But, um, you know, we played As Good As Dead, and we actually played almost all of our records in its entirety at one point or another. So I don't really think we had a dog in the fight, but but I was happy with PJ Souls. Yeah, dude, it was a blast. And you mentioned there's a DVD out there. The 12 Angry Months was played in its entirety. Um, and here come the zoo on that DVD, and it was a great time. And I, if I if I recall, you guys did play every record in that week, possibly. Or, is that correct? Yeah, that record we. Uh, it was a, a full week release, week party for uh, twelve angry months. Yeah. So we played every record that we put out up until then. But I think, and then we went out on a tour where we put all of our records in a hat. It's called the Six Angry Records Tour. We put all the records in a hat, and somebody picked a record out of the hat, and that, we had to play that record on the spot. So, so yeah, we're 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 sort of well versed in the full record etiquette. <laughs> Excellent. I do remember seeing you uh, years ago in Vegas. We did get to actually pick our set list, uh, or not all the song set list, but we got to pick a song. And if the uh, audience picked a bunch of the songs, you guys would play them live. Um, and that was something right. that was really cool, man, that you guys have always done. Um, is there, does it take a lot of practice before a tour when you do kind of have it where you can pick any album or set list or anything like that ahead of time? Or is it something yeah. that you, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go through and reacquaint yourself with those records and listen to them all. And even then, you know, it, since this could be different every night, you're not you'll make mistakes or you won't nail a record perfectly, but you know, you just hope it gets picked some other night and you can nail it then. Um, but that's not that far different from any tour. We like to try to throw in 
you know, a different song or two different songs every night and change things up. And some, some, sometimes those songs pretty poorly rehearsed. And so if, if we fuck them up or not, I think the audience tends to appreciate that we gave the Gil Collins truck. Absolutely, man. No, I completely hear you. Now, going back to the mixtape that we're out, we're out here talking about, guys, and promoting, it's volume three of uh, the Local H catalog, the awesome mixtape. This one is the quarantine one, obviously. But you've always done them after, since Hallelujah, I'm a Bum, you've put out uh, an awesome mixtape for us fans before the next album cycle. Is, is that helpful for you, you know, in a way to kind of like revamp maybe your love for records that you've been listening to before jumping into a new album cycle sort of pull out the pipes uh maybe i mean i, I don't know has it been that way is, has it been new record uh mixtape new record mixtape uh, if if i recall as a fan it went hallelujah i'm a bum then the awesome mixtape one then hey killer and then mixtape two no, I'm, I'm wrong i'm wrong I, hey, I, think killer mixtape, was... I think mixtape one is before Hallelujah, I'm a bomb. Oh, I think mixtape right. one is between Angry Months and Hallelujah, and then when Ryan first joined before Hey Killer, I think we decided to do mixtape two as a way to sort of get his legs, his recording legs, before we actually made a real record. And then we've been talking about making a mixtape three, and then once the quarantine happened, and we had done all those covers the idea was like let's take the best of those covers and make the new uh mixtape uh quarantine mixtape yeah dude nice and then so and there are other covers that you've done like i i know we are the road coup was on the patrick bateman um single i believe um do, right. how do you how do you uh decide which songs end up on the like the mixtape versions that you want to do uh opposed to like a cover song that you want to kind of do on a, on a side as a single is there a decision right. process sometimes i mean i i think that if if um if the quarantine and covid hadn't happened and the idea for this mixtape wasn't to have it be a quarantine mixtape mm-hmm. a road crew would be on the third edition of of this stuff. We had every intention having road crew eventually show up on one of the mixtapes. But since we had made the rule that, that this record had to be something that was performed on one of those live streams, it, it you know, obviously couldn't make the cut. Yes, absolutely. But it's available. Everybody out there, Patrick Bateman's single. You got We Are the Road Crew by Motorhead. Local H does a fantastic job, dude. So it's out there, guys. And another thing I I do like to bring up is, as we're talking about last year, man, um, Lifers, you did a lot of promotion behind that, um, that you could via the Facebook Live with the fans, letting us interact. Um, You guys did do a a drive-in concert. Tell us about that experience, because there was a lot of things that you guys were doing to, to try to make it work during this downtime. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I, I can't remember exactly who came up with the idea. It might have been our friend Nick Huffman. Um, or no, 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 I know what it was. I, I went to go see, I went to a drive-in, I went to go see Jaws. And I was like, we should play a drive-in. That would be so much fun. I would love to play a drive-in. And I think I reached out to the theater, the, the drive-in movie theater that had gone he had heard that I was there. Something happened. And he was, we tried to make it happen. And then our friend Nick Huffman 
knew these guys, and he saw the whole thing happen on Facebook, and he was like, I can set this up with these other people. So we did that. We were there for two nights. And, you know, I love movies, so it was just this kind of thing that I've been wanting to do my whole life, actually. So in some ways, you know, I was living the dream doing those shows. And we ended up doing a few more in, in different locations around the Midwest. And we even toyed with the idea of doing a tour, but that never really worked out. But one, one thing I do want to point out is we are on tour right now mm-hmm. promoting lifers. I mean, the fact that, that the mixtape is out there is uh, almost sort of a, a, a bonus. I mean, we're, in my mind, we're totally not supporting the mixtape, even though I guess in some ways we are. But we're out there touring for lifers. Uh, we're calling the lifers retour. So, but we're, that's, our, that's supposed to be our focus Absolutely. And dude, I want to talk about Lifers. As I mentioned, it was one of our favorite albums of last year. You guys are headlining the, the September 23rd all the way till November 3rd. So you got a long run here in North America yeah. for us fans. So that's going to be great. Um, I know right now, I think you're currently on tour with Soul Asylum uh, for a that's couple right. more dates, like a week or so. And then you got the six week run almost with the, with the Lifer store. So it's going to be really exciting um, for us fans. And that's that's another thing that we're hoping like right now uh, I've been to a few shows myself and uh, the fan base has been really smart, really good. And it's been a, a, just a sign. It's amazing moment, you know, for us. Have you guys experienced that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like honestly, most of the shows I've been in my own head because I've never gone this far, this, this much time without not playing it you know, not being on tour, you know, and, I, and I've been really, uh, I don't know, just uh, nervous and, and, uh, and worried that, you know, all my tour muscles are gone, basically. And, you know, I can't, it, it was really strange to be up there. It was more strange for me than it was joyous. And I just kept feeling like I just wasn't getting it, you know. Um, it, I, I, I feel like I've turned the corner this past week, but, but, uh, it was tough to be away for that long. It's, it's really, it's hard. And there's that anxiety though of, of what we're, you know, cause all, you know, it's not the same, you know, it's, exactly. it's not the same. And, and the social anxiety for me, I went to my, my first festival, um, out here in Las Vegas. I went to psycho Vegas and uh, on a side note, I, I wore the Local H Lifer shirt, and I can't believe how many people walked up to me and said, wow, that's awesome. So just on a represent. side note. Yeah, I did. I represented at Psycho Vegas, and I can't believe how many people, you know, all these guys at Down and stuff were like, yes, Local H. I'm like, dude, see? You, you can be on a metal podcast, Scott. It's good. They're listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, anyways, to, to side note, but yeah, I was so aware of my surroundings as a fan. And I'm just like, and I was just like, I want to do everything I can so I don't fuck this up for the bands because I need right. them, you know? Right. Um, right. And it's, you never had that anxiety before. It was like you virtually let it all go, you know? And, well, we feel the same way. We don't want to, we don't want to fuck it up for the clubs, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, for the most part, I see everyone like really working together, but you know, it, it, there's like a real schism over this, and it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. But you know, we cannot get together on anything, um, and it fucking sucks. 
but but it's 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 good to see people working together and being committed to trying to make this this work. And uh, and I'm here for it. I'm totally here for that. If you want to come out and you want to support clubs and people who work in clubs and you want to support bands, you want to support each other and do this and and try to make this be a thing that doesn't get shut down again. I'm here for it. Let's do this. I'll do whatever I got to do for that. Dude, I'm the same. And I, and I, and I live by that mantra, just lead by example. I won't yell at you. I won't tell you anything, but I will lead by example. I'll wear the, I'll wear the mask, obviously vaccinated all the way through. I'll do it all. Yeah. And that's all. If everybody has that, in themselves to be like, I'm not going to, I'm not here to start arguments because this is a, a place that's great, but I, I want to lead by example. And that's kind of the only thing I feel I can do. Uh, despite the frustrations, I feel the same, man. Speaking of though, I don't want right, to, right, right, right. And I don't want to gloss over. Um, when we talked about the drive in tour, um, you guys performed eight forty six live. And for people that don't know what that song is, can you tell us about how that, just I didn't see it live. Um, as I, I've I've heard my friends, a couple, a couple of friends told me about it. I wasn't at that show, but I saw it on on YouTube where it's available. What was right. that like performing um, at that time? I mean, that was you know that was the uh, the George Floyd. Mm-hmm. It's not really a song. Um, it, it's just kind of like you know eight minutes and forty six seconds of noise. It's like a noise jam. I'm, we kind of put it together as almost a, a, a performance piece. Um, and it's designed to be played in front of this clock that would be projected behind us and, and count up. And it would sort of start to uh, uh, strobe out. Um, so, you know, strobe warning people. But, um, but no, no, yeah, it, it, was, it was interesting to play. I mean, because... You wonder, first of all, does anybody know what, what's happening? And second of all, are people going to get angry? Because everyone's got to get angry if you have an opinion about anything. And But at the same time, you know, I mean, when that happened with George Floyd and everything that happened after that was, was fucked up. And, and the immediate reaction as a musician was like, you want to do something to, to acknowledge that, that you are seeing this as well, that you are feeling the fucking horrible energy that something like this is releasing. And you want to let people know that you're affected and you're not ignoring it. Uh, but at the same time, you also don't want to, you know, as a, a white guy, you know, I don't want to jump in on something and try to, pretend that I know what the fuck I'm talking about or that I even have a right to come in something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but then I, you know, I was driving across country and I was listening to Dave Chappelle's uh, comedy bit, 846. Well, it wasn't really a comedy bit, but I, I remember being so moved by it. And then I was like, you know, you need to get over yourself and fuck this. And the other thing was, I figured by the time it came out, every musician would have had something, and it would have been old hat. But nobody was doing anything about it. Nobody. And the only person who was doing something about it was, you know, a comedian like Dave Chappelle. And I was kind of like, yeah, you know, whether or not people dig this or like it or 
anyone gives two shits that we've done it, you know, it's important for me to do it. So, I mean, that was a bit of a lesson. It's like, you know, if you get yourself twisted up about something, the time will pass and you will, the moment will be gone. And, you know, and I think we've all learned this past year that we don't really have time for that anymore. Absolutely, man. But it was just a beautiful performance piece. And that's why I wanted to touch base. Even if you watch it on the YouTube, like I did myself, you feel every second with your guys' yeah. noises. And again, not adding lyrics, I think was a genius move because um, I feel like I've said this before that sometimes words don't help, you know, right. um, sometimes they just don't. Sometimes you just need it, whether it be sit in silence or have something, you know, give you that outer body experience. But watching the clock, like you said, tilt strobes out was something yeah. that, for me at least, it, it, it shook me up at that time as well to be like, all right, this is how I can relate to this. The feelings, the noise, the sound, and to see that on the stage at that time, I'm sure everybody in that audience kind of had the same thing, no matter what their opinion was. Because, you know, like I said, if words aren't there, you know, yeah. the emotion is there. And that's one thing I can guarantee, no matter what side you're on or no matter what you're, how radical you are, we all feel the same. You know, um, right. We're, words are basically failing us in this age mm-hmm. on almost every level. And when you were talking about, you know, just living your life and leading by, you know, not example, but by an example, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just, you know, it, it's just that old thing. Just like walk, walk the walk, you know? save the talk for something else. Yeah, not not to quote most deaf, but I, I say it all the time to my kids. I'm like, don't please talk. do, yeah, please do quote most deaf. <laughs> don't talk about it, be about it. It's on the True Magic album, everybody. But don't right, talk about right, it, be right. about it. Meaning, just just do it, you know, and and then move on, and then somebody will see you doing it, and that's the person that you want to follow, I guess, or learn something from there, you know. And, and yeah, that's uh, old. That's old school Jesus shit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the truth, man. Yeah, and and that is that is true, and. Um, and that's, but that's, that's something that you're right. This age, I think we, we've lost the, the battle with silence, if we, if I may, um, in, in all formats. I mean, we do have a, an amazing device in our pocket that's built to interrupt, you know, with any yeah. second of the day. Um, and, and I do feel that that's affected everything that I found kind of to be my church, if I may, which is film, uh, music, things like that. Like when I talk about streaming with people, I'm like, I'm not against it at all. No, I'm, I'm totally, I think it's an amazing thing, but it's to me, it's some sort of form of censorship where they're telling me if I, if I subscribe to Disney plus, this is all I can watch, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. or Netflix. I'm like, I want to go out and I want to find things, you know? Um, it's just an old school mentality and I don't have to share it with anybody. I find it for me, you know? Um, right. And I worship it on my own stage and I experience it, you know, and then I'll, I don't talk about it though. You know, that's the thing. Um, and as an artist, like you never really know who you're reaching. Is that something that you've learned through time? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's definitely true. And also the people that you think you're reaching mm. and the number of people that you think you're reaching, there's always deceptive, you know, uh, even, you know, when you're on a major label and you think this many people are listening to you and this many people like you. It, it, that, that all is deceptive as well. You know, you can see bands that were all over the radio. And people, you go to their shows, and there'd be ten people there. You know, it, it, it's this—you don't ever really know if you're getting through to people until you actually know. 
if that makes any sense. Um, but but different people are using your music for different things. Uh, some people are totally into it, engaged with it. Some people don't even know who the fuck you are or what band you're listening to or what the name of the song is or give a fuck. They don't care. And they don't have to. You know, everyone can engage with you on their level. Um, you know, and that's all. That's the way it's always been, hmm. I, I think. No, I, I think so, too. I, I do feel, like I said, every, every lifetime, every generation, um, there's something that changes, or we have to change with it. I, I can imagine yeah. being in the 20s when you know, radio happened, you know, and everybody's like, what right. the fuck? You know, like it yeah. probably was the same experience as the internet and all those things. And, and, um, yeah, you, see, you saw all those movies and that boomer shit about what, what a game changer television was, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. know, you've been watching that your whole life and, you know, you never thought it could happen to you. And then it does. And man, it throws everything for loop. Absolutely, man. And now this fear of, like, like I said, going to movies and the movie theater and seeing something, you know, I don't know, just in that dark room with something that touches me, something beautiful, something amazing. It's it's a harder experience to have these days, just because of the yeah. way movies have been made. And I get it because I understand there is a business behind it. Um, I just watch the harder they come, and that line where the the guy's talking to Jimmy Cliff, where he's like, "There's no." If there's no business, there's no show, meaning there's no uh, show business. And, yeah. and I'm like, that just hit me again. I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's what we're like been rallying against for years, but it's the truth, you know? Yeah, but hmm. that there's no show business if there's no, if they don't, if it's all business, which, which it is hmm. now, it's all business. They don't give two fucks about the show. And that's, that's, that's what happened, you know? Like, the music business got greedy. The music business was, cost, was charging 20 bucks for a CD, mm-hmm. which we now know costs about 80 cents to make or something like that. You know, they just kept charging more and more and more. And then they're shocked that something like Napster came along and completely gutted them. And they're like, how did this happen? It's like, it happened to you. It happened because of you, Caligula. You're the one who fucking did this. And so... You know, by the, the the film industry giving us nothing but superhero movies and bullshit movies, and people are like, I don't want to go to the movies anymore. It's like, how did this happen? It was you. You did this. So you're giving us all this shit that we're basically over-glorified television shows. No matter, no wonder people want to sit home and watch television because that's what you're supposed to do with television: sit home and watch it on your fucking TV. Dude, no, nah, I'm with you 100%. And that's that's the thing that, that is, is harder for me as we transition because I, I can't tell you the last movie I saw in the theater that kind of like I sat there and just contemplated. I feel like it might have been three billboards. I mean, that's a long time ago at this point. Uh, but uh, everything else, like you said, it was just kind of almost like fodder and for me to go to a movie, you know, and I and I, I would gladly sit through the Irishman or, or Roma or anything like that, but yeah. it, it was available not in the theater where I was at. It was available at home, and I just sat there yeah. thinking, "I wish to God I saw this in the theater." <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 one of the problems I'm having right now about whether or not to move out of the city. Because in a lot of ways, I'm over it, but 
I'm like, where am I going to go see movies? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a city guy through and through, man. I, I, and I, and I'm, I'm with you on that because there is always going to be the last bastion of art culture and people that maybe get it. I'm not saying it's only in the cities, but there, there is, there's, it's somewhere out there. There's somewhere to see this stuff. And, and that's a, that's, I don't know, man. I, I'm in a very plastic city. I'm in Las Vegas, as people know, and I love it. Born and raised, well, you know. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't want, I don't want to take you out of the movie theater any more than you have to. But do you have the Criterion Channel? Oh, I do, and I have Arrow oh. Video uh, Channel as well. But I'm still going well, to the record store and buying the Criterions. But I, just, I like, like yeah. I said, it's just like a part of me that I'm like, you know what? I'd rather. You know, I went out and bought the Night Porter yet uh, two days ago, and I'm like, yeah. All right, let's just do this nice. and watch this. And you're right, and I'm like, man, th- this is the but whole some experience. Of the things, some of the things they have on the Cartoon Channel, they don't have discs of. Like oh. they had a whole series of, the, like the, the series that they have are pretty well curated, and there was a whole one about uh, Ennio Morricone movies, and I just I watched twenty Ennio Morricone movies that. I'd never heard of, and you know, I was kind of like, I'd be fine for the rest of my life if I just watched movies with Ennio Morricone scores. They were all great. There's a movie on there right now called Hitchhike. Try to check it out. It's it blew me away. Is this? I feel like I might have seen this one. I could be wrong though. It's not with uh, uh, Frank Nero. Nero. Yes, I yes. saw this. I did see this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very sleazy and very. Yeah. Uh, it's like a very B-movie. surprising. Yeah. Oh my god! It was. I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this. And then I was like, Oh, this movie's great. Yeah, it turned out really good, and it was just like a road movie, and there was rape, if I remember. There was a yes, lot of it there was, was. There was. It was like it was like it was like uncomfortable seventies movies rape. You're like, okay, I can't watch this these days. But, well, yeah. there, there was another movie in the series yeah. called The Night the, the Train Murders or something. Now uh, that movie was that that also was any Morricone score, and that was just. You know, just disgusting. Last house on the left type of rape stuff. So I was thinking, do I have it in me to watch another one of these movies? So I start watching it, and gladly, I mean, luckily, it, it was uh, it was far more entertaining. I gotta tell you, the fact that he's down to do scores for like the B movies, and then also yeah. like Once Upon a Time in the West, and I mean everything that he's done. You know, obviously that yeah, we're talking about. But he, 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 and he always adds that element, like that masterful element to it, man. Because uh, if you go down the Giallo path, you know Morricone, he did a, a bunch of those soundtracks. Yep. Which yeah. you're like, wow, dude! Like that's that's really cool, and um, oh, I love talking film, dude. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> Me and Scott, we're gonna oh, keep sorry. talking film, but I, I'm I'm here. I just want everybody to know right now, guys. Make sure you're, if you haven't got Local H's Lifers, one of our favorite albums of last year's. Make sure you're picking it up. They're touring finally back on the road, North America, September 23rd, all the way till the beginning of November, guys. And also make sure October 8th, you guys are picking up the third volume of their awesome mixtape, guys. Um, so back to just just back to the the stuff that we're supposed to promote because yeah, dude, I'll talk movies all day with you. But the fact that you know the Criterion stuff and uh, yeah, that makes me happy. Do you do you go down the Arrow Video route by chance? Do you know that uh, that brand? It's a UK brand. I, I've seen the label. Yeah. Okay. Because they're B movies, but man, they they pull out the 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 ones that like I never heard of or they're hard to find. Like I just saw one. They on, got a, They've got a streaming service. Yes, they do. Um, yes, and it's free uh, for it the month. It. But yeah, I just watched one called "The Cold Light of Day" about the serial killer Dennis Nielsen that was made in like 1988 by uh, Fiona. It was a female director, but I was like, 
I've never even heard of this movie. It made me feel like Henry Porch of the Serial Killer. It was like it was yeah. like that intense. And I'm like, man. Yeah. So um yeah, it was definitely uh definitely worth it. And uh Yeah, we dig we dig Shudder too, and there's some good stuff dude, on there. I am a fan. Like, yeah, I am a fan of Shudder as well. Absolutely, dude. And that's the thing. So for it's it's great because for me when I want my brain to shut off, I, the most original content in the world is going to be horror films because they have no limitations to me. Not all, obviously, we know that there's certain horror films that do, but for the most part, there's no rules. And then the human element of like the criterion. So I'm either like snobby or like gutter trash. <laughs> Everything in between, I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's, but I, I have to go either all the way or like the other way. Are you, do you have that same well, mentality? Yeah, it, it, it's like the American commercial horror films they do have rules you know yes. most famously as laid out by stream yep. but but you know the movies that are really scary sometimes aren't even horror movies like david lynch movies mm-hmm. like like twin peaks firewalk with me is terrifying and because there are no rules in that movie like it doesn't give two fucks about the the, the rules of horror it's not playing by that shit and you don't know what's going to happen next you know, so like movies by somebody like Gaspar Noe, he's not playing those rules, and it's not really a horror film, but it's way more horrific than any other horror film I can think of. Dude, I Stand Alone is still haunts yeah. me. That like that was. Oh my god! I, I know, I know, Irreversible is like the more popular one, and that one's brutal too. But I, I Stand Alone. Try, try to, try to recommend I Stand Alone to somebody. Without sounding like a total psycho, it's impossible. <laughs> You're completely, completely right. I don't. I owe well, it. Well, what's yeah. it? What's it about? Oh, it's about a dude that gets out of prison. He's going to, you know, visit his daughter and raper. <laughs> yeah. You want me to watch this? Oh no, no, it's 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 not as bad as it sounds. Oh, no, it is as bad as it sounds. I, I, it is, and I did recommend to someone. I said, "It's like Taxi Driver," because it said that on the box, but it's it really yeah. not. <laughs> it's like, it's really not, dude. Yeah. So, right. But um, absolutely, man. So that's what I'm saying. But man, that those those are the movies that are true horror, and you're like, man, the fact they had the balls to make it, put it together, and make this character into that cinematic world. It's like you yeah. know, people like that exist. Yeah. You know, and that's the crazy, yeah, yeah. crazy part, man. Yeah, it's it's better that those people are making movies, I suppose, than actually doing that stuff. Absolutely, man. So, uh, with your love of movies, and uh, I just just a couple more questions, dude. I know my time just ran out here, um, but with your love of movies, have you ever delved into writing screenplays or anything like that, or are you are you strictly just a fan? I'm pretty much a fan. I mean, I'd, I'd love to do some scores. Uh, I've tried. I've started a couple of screenplays, but. I don't know if I'm any good at it. It seems like it's really hard. And, uh, I mean, we're talking about making this concert film at the end of uh, the tour in November. Um, And it would sort of be like a cross between a regular concert film and slacker and, you know, irreversible. So you would sort of like walk into the... And I I just finished the screenplay for that. But you'd walk in and you'd hear the music and you know uh it was sort of the sound design would be very important so it'd be kind of like irreversible or like the sound design for a sound of metal um where Mm. you you know you'd be in different rooms and you could hear the music but it would be you know in another room and it would all play out in real time and you know at one point you'd get bored and you'd go outside and 
listen to what people outside smoking cigarettes are talking about, or you'd go to the bar and hang out. And the whole time the concert would be happening. If you happen to miss that part of the song, then like a real show, you'd miss that part of the song, you know? Oh, dude, I love it, man. Richard Linklater meets Gaspar Noy. That is just right there. There's a concept. <laughs> I yeah. I love it, yeah. man. That's that's exciting stuff. So uh, with that, Scott, last question, man. Steve Albini, fantastic. Uh, you know, uh, he's called. He's not called a producer. What does he call himself? Yeah, I think he just calls himself an engineer. That's it. Recording engineer. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, you know. He likes to think of himself as a plumber. Oh, as, as does he do that on the side, or is that just like? <laughs> no, he likes to, he, he, he pretty much dresses like a plumber, and he likes to think of himself as a plumber. Um, I think his favorite people actually are plumbers, uh, and you know, basically, he wants to be like the guys from, from Naked Ray Band and Peg Boy. Um, but you know, he very much sees what he does as a skill, and. Uh, not necessarily an art, and and I think he he's leaning a little too heavily on on it not being an art. You know, I I think I think he knows how good he is, but but the the, the company line that he tells is that it's it's a skill like being a plumber, and that you he's providing a service to you know musicians. He, he's a, he's a craftsman, if we may, and he's great at his craft. But I'll tell you right now, any record that he records, engineers, it's got a signature sound to it. You know, he does yeah. bring that, and that's uh, and that's what an artist does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you worked with Sanford Parker; he's a big metal guy that we love too. Um, yeah, and he's got a very signature sound too. And that's the cool thing exactly. about about guys like him or Steve is that when you see their name, you're like, okay, this is like, I just said, this is going to be Richard Linklater meets Gaspar Noy. I know these two amalgamations. This is going to be great, you know? And, uh, it really came well together with lifers. What do you think, uh, about working with him in the future or on any other projects? Or do you think this is like the Chicago team that came together right here? No, I I would love to do something. I mean, the, the, the thing about working with him on lifers was that it was this stew or since we're driving to the South, a gumbo, you know, it was this thing where he wasn't really allowed on this record to be a hundred percent Steve Albini. We did not make a hundred percent Steve Albini record. We, we made this record as a collaboration with a bunch of people with, uh, Andy Kerber, with Juliana Hatfield, with Jay Robbins, with Steve Albini, you know, and so everybody had something to do on this record. Um, so it wasn't a pure type of Steve Albini record. And I, and I would like to do a pure Steve Albini record one day and see what that would sound like. Like the, the, the rough mixes uh, that, that we had for the Albini sessions are, are really cool sounding. But once we put them through, you know, additional overdubs and gave it all to Jay Robbins, it, it changed. It became this thing that was a combination, a collaboration of what all these people do. Um, so, I mean, I, I like it, but, you know, I don't want people to think that, and in all fairness to Steve Albini, I don't want people to think it's an Albini record um, because it's not. He's just one ingredient in it, a very important ingredient. But, um, but you know, I, I feel like sometimes people tend to use Albini's name and, and I, I never wanted to do that. I just wanted to work with him. 
and I wanted to be in the same room with him and learn from him. Beautiful, man. Uh, it, whatever it happened, Jay Robbins, obviously fantastic as well. And uh, you guys are always working with these guys that have a real signature sound. And I think that, like you said, as your career goes on, your records are getting better, better, better. And it's probably because you are learning as you go, which a lot of artists sometimes don't, man. So as a fan, it's it's been nothing but an uphill climb for all eight albums. And I thank you for that, especially for the last 30 years of my life, man. So with that, Scott, it's always a pleasure to have you on, man. I'm sorry I went over my time a little bit. I'd love to talk oh, movies. Oh, you did. You're fine. You're right. fine. <laughs> I'd love to talk more movies with you, man. We could do a movie show. But uh, yeah. you enjoy the tour, my friend. I can't wait to see you guys back here, out here in Vegas again. Uh, you guys always stop by eventually. So with that, my friend, thank you so much, dude, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. All right, man. Thanks a lot.
Sucks Podcast. Another town, another place, another girl, another face, another truck, another race. I'm eating junk, I'm feeling bad, another night I'm going mad, I'm honestly that I feel sad. But I just love the life I lead, another beer is what I need, another gig my ears bleed. We are the road crew. Another town I've left behind, another drink completely blind, another hotel I can't find. Another race they pass for you, and the tube was super blue, another bar that you get through. I'm driving like a maniac, drive my way to hell and back, another room I case to pack. We are the road crew. Yeah! Probably in L.A. 
That seems to be where everybody else ends up these days But I will wait for you As long as I need to If you ever get back to Hackensack First song you heard is off last year's record, Lifers, that they are currently on tour right now. The Life Retour is happening right now, guys. That song is called Hold That Thought. Make sure if you haven't picked up Lifers, you do so ASAP. One of our favorite records of last year. Second song you heard is off the Patrick Bateman single because we talked about it in the interview. That is We Are The Road Crew by Motorhead. They did a cover song earlier this year. And the third song you guys heard is off the record that we're talking about. Awesome Quarantine Mixtape, number three. They covered Fountains of Wayne's Hackensack. That's their version. Fantastic version. Great album. Make sure you guys are picking up the Awesome Quarantine Mixtape 3. Checking them out on the retour. It's out right now in North America. Check the dates and picking up lifers from last year. With that, I want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews. We keep getting on the good old apple itunes guys that's all we ask for as a podcast as a team we put out these episodes every week we've been doing half episodes because there's so much we want to promote and the guys at metal sucks have been super cool to let us do two episodes a week for a little bit here um so guys we're out there we're doing it every week to get you guys new music new interviews please if you got the time go to that itunes apple itunes click five star reviews no comments needed nothing just a five star click that's all we ask for and we appreciate all the support on our other podcasts our documentary discussion podcast guys rise to offend we've done over 100 episodes now we've done so many metal artists like odorous urungus henry rollins um chuck shouldener for death that's the latest one we did what that is is a documentary discussion podcast where we take their life, anybody that might have been offensive to society, and kind of look at them in modern times. So if you guys haven't checked out Rise to Offend, please do. It's not just musicians. We do movements like Me Too, athletes like Colin Kaepernick, and then you know artists like Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Movies. Movies as well. Like, like cruising. Like cruising. Oh, boy. William Friedkin's Cruising. We did a great episode on that. I, I was a fan of that episode, yeah. And then obviously Larry Clark's Kids, which was very hard to watch as a 40-year-old man now. But we did it. Yeah, yeah, we got through it. And then, again, Wendy O. Williams, many episodes. Check it out. Rise to Offense, our other podcast. And with that, until next episode, guys. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.